Today we're going to talk about my story a little bit, the story that God has written for me, and I want you to be thinking as you hear my story about the story of your faith life, um, the way that you have come to know Jesus and the way that God has worked in your life. Uh, because I know for most of my life, um, I really believe that God hadn't really given me a remarkable story uh, you over the next couple of days and probably already have heard like really incredible stories of the way God works in people's lives. You have heard really inspiring speakers, I bet, people who have stories where they were faithful in times of, of crazy trial and, and heartache. This is not going to be that story. Like, my story is so very unremarkable that it's, it's silly and laughable. Like, I don't have a terribly inspiring story, but I wonder if you also feel that way, that, that you just haven't had a lot of really big things happen in your life. Like, you haven't done anything really remarkable and, and nothing terrible has been taken from you. Maybe you just feel like your life is so regular. Um, and that's kind of how I felt. So I want to talk with you today about um, my story, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means for your story. Um, for me to begin my story, I have to start with a Bible verse that um, I have always thought of, but never really identified with, and it's um, from 2 Timothy. And you've maybe read this before. Um, it says, I thank God whom I serve. And this is Paul writing to Timothy, who was like his... Like, he mentored him, and he was, like, starting this new branch of the church, and so Paul was writing him these words of encouragement. And it's, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. So this is an awesome picture of how faith is like passed on in families, like Grandma Lois, Mom Eunice, and then Timothy, and this sincere faith was passed along all the way, which is this really beautiful picture that I have always been like, that's garbage, because that's not what my family looks like. And maybe your family doesn't look like that. Like, my mom was not necessarily passing along, like, faith to me. We didn't go to church when I was a kid. Uh, we, we didn't talk about Jesus. There was no Bible in my house. Um, when we went to family gatherings, it was loud. There are people in my family with neck tattoos that look like they're in a motorcycle gang. Um, there's lots of swearing and drinking. Like, family parties are not, like, like a picture of faith being passed down from one person to another. It's more like a crazy, weird frat party. Right, like at Christmas. Um, so for me to give you a picture of what my family was like when I was growing up, and there are people, don't get me wrong, friends, there are people who fiercely love um, and, and fiercely uh, care for one another, but are definitely not the people you see Sunday morning. They're just not those people. Um, and maybe you can relate to that. Um, I didn't know anyone like that when I finally came to meet uh, Jesus in the church. Um, I didn't know people that looked weird like I did, and I didn't know people who talked like my family talked and all that stuff. But I want to introduce you to my grandma. This is my grandma. Um, this picture was taken from my wedding, which was long enough ago that I had to, like, find an actual photo, and then take a picture of it with my phone, because that's, I had to like look in a box for a photo. I know, a long time ago. So this is my grandma, her name's Joyce. Uh, grandma was a force of nature. 
Uh, a for, like one of those people that when you meet, like you never forget because she, she water skied until she was 78. Um, she like would, would make friends with anyone. She shot me with a BB gun once and I totally deserved it. Like it was like, I totally deserved it. But like, like she was just fierce and she loved her family fiercely uh, and she was this just crazy force. Whenever she was around, people knew and they wanted to be with her, but she was definitely like rough around the edges. Like grandma at Thanksgiving wore an apron that said, don't mess with the cook. But it didn't say mess. Right? Yeah. Like, so imagine your grandma. I imagine you all have like sweet grandmas that bake pies or something or like do nice things. And my grandma's like based in the turkey with like a profanity on her thing. And I was, you know, but I love my grandma. She was this wonderful, amazing, but not a woman of God. No one in my family um, went to church. No one in my family, uh, we, we didn't say grace before meals. We didn't talk about Jesus. No one went to church even on Christmas and Easter. We didn't do that kind of stuff. It was not part of our family's life. Um, and so even though this woman is so special to me, she was not this picture in 2 Timothy of, of Lois and Eunice passing on faith to me. I feel like I stumbled into this crazy faith. Uh, and so I want to tell you a little bit more about that story. Um, I was baptized. I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, uh, and my parents baptized me when I was a baby, which I always thought was super weird because, like, we didn't go to church. And so why my parents did that, I always joke that it was kind of like the American thing to do. Like, people just did that, and it was fine. But, like, they, it's not because they wanted to give me this gift of God living in me and me being part of the family of Christ. I don't think they really got all that. But, but they did. They brought me. I was baptized. I grew up playing Barbies and My Little Pony, like apparently all kids do now, but it was a long time ago. Um, so here we go. Check this one out. Right? So I was like mostly normal except for that awful dress. Um, but you know, like I grew up, and, and seriously, like I, I, I rode bikes in my yard. And, like I did all the normal stuff that kids do. There was nothing remarkable. My dad's an auto mechanic. My mom worked at a school. Like we were, like we went camping in the summers. We were just like these totally regular Midwestern kind of normal people. Um, I Listen, people, that's me right there. First of all, I have a really sweet New Kids on the Block shirt and potentially a mullet. Like, <laughs> like that's, so I mean, most of my childhood was pretty normal, but let's, I can't even look at that for that long. Um, so, so I grew up with this really regular existence and then something happened. In sixth grade, I got into this middle school, it, that's a whole weird story about public school in Milwaukee, but I got into this middle school that was like sketchy and my parents were like, we don't really want you to go there anymore. And just, so conveniently, across the street, one block away, there was a Lutheran school. And my parents met with the pastor, and the pastor was like, hey, 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 if you become members, you get a tuition discount. And my parents are like all about the couponing. Like, so they're like, I will take that discount. We'll be, what did you say we are? Presby Lutheran, sure. We will be Lutheran. That sounds fine. So my parents like did the member class and they became members of the church. And, and we like suddenly were thrown into this place that was church. 
that we had never done before, we had never been a part of. Like my dad, so the, the church was one of those like long, long churches that looks like the inside of the ark. Like it's like all tall and long, like 65 rows of pews. And my dad, we lived a block away. I mean, everyone at church knew that we lived a block away and we were always like 10 minutes late. Like, oh, wait, we walked to church. We had no, it's not like the car broke down. No, like, we walked. It's crazy. So we were always late. And then, my, like, so if you show up late to church, what do you do? Sit in the back. And, like, excuse me, shut up, right? You, like, sit quietly and sneak in like a normal person. My dad would, like, walk in and he'd be like, hey, how's it going? Oh, my gosh, your baby is so cute. Hey, oh, my, it's so good to see you. Like, all the way. And so he would walk in and sit in the second pew. Like, like he would just nestle in, walk right up here, sit on in. And then he'd still be talking to people as he walked in, like, hey, oh, it's so good to see you. That's awesome. Like, one time the pastor had to, like, stop his sermon. Like, are you done now? Because then what he would do is he would reach into his pocket and he would pull out those like little star mints, which are nasty anyways, right? Like, let's be honest, that's like old people candy. And he would like, but they're in those like cellophane wrapped things. And he would like super slow. This is a grown man. He would like super slow, like. Like he would like, like he thought it made less noise if he did it super slow over the period of 10 minutes. Um, and then he would like, but then he would, because my dad loves kids, he would like hand out the selfie and the wrap candy to like the kids in the up and down the row. So then it's like, and like kids are like laughing because they're all sugar hot. It was crazy. So, so we, we did not even assimilate well to the church environment, not the like old school Lutheran kind of thing. We were not doing well there because we just, we just didn't get it. So I went into the Lutheran school, and everyone else at school knew like the Lord's Prayer, and they knew the creed, and when they went to chapel, they like knew what pages to open to, and I was like, what is that book? And when we got into class the first day, my, my teacher was like, can you open up to Galatians 5.22? And I was like, I like turned to the girl behind me, and I'm like, what's Galatians? And she's like, it's on page 842. Like, she knew we all had the same book. And so, it was, so people saved me all the time. And, and then in chapel, when everyone else is saying these words, like everyone knows it. And have you ever been the person that just doesn't know what's going on? And you're, and you're kind of horrified. And I was in seventh grade, people. So all I wanted, I mean, let's be real, I didn't care about Jesus. Not even a little bit. Like, I wasn't like, I really want to grow in my faith in this place. No, I was like, I don't want them to know that I'm not like them. And so I did the thing that every, I faked it till I made it, right? Fake it till you make it. I faked it hard. Um, this is a trick, and some of you have heard this before, but if any time people are reciting something and you, need, and you don't know it, but you want to fake it, you go like this. It's elephant shoes. So then if you, like, say the Lord's Prayer, let's do the creed. I believe, so can you say that? So you start it. Go. I believe. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But like, I was like faking it over here, like real hard. Like I, and so my teacher, Mr. Meyer in seventh grade, um, noticed. Like he saw me. He's like, I want to talk to you after chapel. And I thought certainly I had like, I was a heretic, and I had like offended God, and I was whore, and I was probably going to hell because I didn't really know a lot about Jesus or anything. Um, and so Mr. Meyer came to me, and he's like, "I noticed 
that you don't really know this stuff. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'll learn it, it's fine. He's like, no, 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 like, do you want me to show you how you can figure it out? And so he helped me. Like, he helped me learn. He showed me in a catechism where things were so I could, I could know it. And, he's, and he told me what those things they were even saying were because I didn't even know what they were. Um, and, and so he walked with me through that, which was really crazy and awesome. And, and now I'm so thankful for that. But at the time, I just really wanted to fit in. Uh, and so, I, so he helped me with that moment as he did that. Um, and then I went on as I went to a Lutheran high school, which was a really powerful thing for me. I met people that impacted my faith in really awesome ways, but really like regular stuff. Like I went to youth group. Um, my parents didn't start coming to church until I was a, a sophomore in college where they actually went to church on their own. So my sister and I were kind of on, on our own going to church. Um, and so that happened. But like my family still continued to be this like mess of mental illness and addiction and, and, and just like rowdy craziness that definitely didn't know Jesus. When I told my family that I wanted to work in the church full time, like I want to go to college, I was the first generation in my dad's side of the family to go to college, I was the first one. Um, and, and I said, I think I want to work in the church, I think I want to do this DCE thing. Uh, and they were like, what, are you trying to prove something? Like are you trying to prove to us that God exists or something? Because we're not really buying it which is not exactly what you hope when you tell your family like what you're planning to do with your life. I was like, uh, no, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, so God did some really big and crazy movement, but it all didn't feel big. Have you ever heard people who have a story where like something traumatic happens? You think about Paul in the Bible when Jesus met him on the road and made him blind. You're like, yeah, that would be a story to tell, right? Like where you could be like, hey, guess what happened to me? Jesus met me and made me blind, and then he, and then I'm not a murderer anymore. Right? Like that's a story to tell. And I feel like my story is like this nonsense mess of like God worked, but he just like inched his way along and 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 in these tiny little ways, and it's hard to tell, and I'm standing here awkwardly trying to do that with you. And I'm so thankful that God has been faithful to me this whole time, but it just feels like he didn't, what is this? So I was thinking about this. I was thinking about all the ways that God works in our lives, in ways that sometimes we don't notice. Sometimes we don't even see the way God is working. Uh, we, we can't see the big picture because we are not God and we're pretty, like, I'm pretty focused on my own self and what's happening, like, this week or right now or with my friends or whatever. Uh, but, but God gave me a glimpse of something a lot bigger. And I want to share that with you. And I want you, my prayer for you as we, as you are here at this gathering, as you continue to grow in your faith and in your lives, is that God would give you eyes to see your own faith story. That, that when you look at the, the way God has been working in your life, you can see that he has been present. And we know that because he promises it, but also I just pray that God will show us in ways that are tangible and real and meaningful in our lives so that when people say, like, what's the deal with you and Jesus? That you have a story to tell because God has shown you how he's been working on your heart. Because, friends, he has. God has been working on your heart uh, since way before today. 
Like, somehow we're all here, first of all. Like, you showed up this week. And there are a lot of other things you could be doing. You, some of you have jobs and you had to, like, take a week off of, like, making money. Um, you had to take a week off from seeing other friends of yours. You had to take a week off from your usual routine that you might like. I don't know. You are here, and that started a long time ago. The, the work that God has been doing in you, the people he's placed in your life, I want you to think about those people. Like, who are the leaders who've been loving you and caring for you, who even annoy you a lot? Maybe even especially the ones that annoy you a lot, because I feel like that's how, you know, God works through those really annoying people, like a lot. Um, think about the ways that God has already been molding and shaping you, and I pray that God would give you eyes to see that. I want to tell you the last part of my story. Well, one part of it. Um, I'm not telling you all of this because I'm a narcissist, I promise. A narcissist is someone who only thinks about themselves. You know that? Yes, you know that. I'm, I'm probably not a narcissist. Um, who knows, right? We, we, maybe. We're probably all there a little bit. Um, but I wanted to share the part of the story that made a difference for me. Um, so I said that I wasn't, I was baptized because uh, it was the American thing to do because it was the thing that I, like, I don't know, it was just something that people do, you know? Um, and I didn't know why my parents, because of all the people in my family, my sister and I, are, I think, are, of all the cousins, we're the only people who are baptized. Um, and I think baptism matters, people. I think it matters. I think it matters no matter what age you are. I think it's a way that God works, and it's the only way I can explain my life. It's the only way. Um, <laughs> But the reason that I was brought to baptism is this totally weird story that I didn't know until just a few years ago. And it's this. So my grandma, I introduced the apron, remember? The water skiing. Um, so the part of the story I didn't tell you is that like in that photo, can I go back to it maybe? Um, like in this photo, this is at my wedding, and she um, danced circles around everyone at the wedding. My grandma loved to dance dance circles around everyone. And not in this picture, but in all the other pictures, I should have brought them, I have of her. Um, her wig is crooked because she was like dancing so hard. Um, and she was wearing a wig because uh, she was undergoing chemotherapy at the time. And she's in heaven now. But that's not the part of the story. Okay, whew, I can't, because mm -mm, I love grandma. So the story is this. My cousins had babies, you know, they're older than me. And my grandma, when the babies were, I don't know, six or eight months old, um, was like really determined. She was angry. I was with visiting her one weekend and she was really like, she was like yelling and swearing in the corner or something. Like she was on the phone or I don't know what. And I was like, what's going on? And she said, my cousin, she said, they won't baptize, the, they won't have the kids back baptized. And I was like, this was like totally shocking to me because like my grandma had like never, I've never seen my grandmother in church except for like a wedding or a funeral. Um, I like, I, it was totally weird to me that she would even be concerned about this. And so I even asked her that. I was like, Grandma, what's the big deal? Like, they don't go to church. Like, I sort of understand why they wouldn't. Like, I would love for those babies to be baptized. But, like, I get it. I get why they're not doing it. And so then she told me this story. She said, my grandma grew up in a really rocky family life. Like, she, her, her, she was, like, passed from one cousin or aunt or uncle or, to another because her family was just really unstable. So she was, like, ne always living with someone else. Um, and, and she had a younger brother. And for whatever reason, she said, when they were young, um, her parents had had her baptized, uh, which was another like weird why kind of thing. Um, but they didn't 
when, it, when her brother came around and when he was born and when he was a baby, they, they just didn't have him baptized. Maybe there was something going on in the family. Um, and he grew up and had tons of struggles with addiction and alcoholism and all kinds of crazy things happened in his life. And late in his life, soon before he died, he confessed to my grandma that he always felt not really loved by their parents because he wasn't brought to that baptismal font. Like he knew, I, that's a crazy this story to me, that he knew, he lived his whole life and, and he knew that, that that gift wasn't given to him, I guess, and, and he thought, like he internalized that. That, that, that maybe someone didn't love him enough. And so my grandma, who loved her brother so intensely, was determined that all of her kids and her grandchildren and every person that she loved was going to, because she wanted us to know that she loved us. And, she, you know, thankfully, you know, we got all these good gifts from God. <laughs> uh, but she wasn't really concerned about that. She wanted to make sure that I knew that she loved me. She wanted to make sure that my sister knew. So she influenced my parents because she's kind of a bully. You know, remember, she was pretty fierce. And so she probably bullied my parents into baptizing me and my sister. And then I baptized my kids because I had this faith that grew in me. So that whole story from 2 Timothy that I thought wasn't for me, it, the whole time has been for me. Because God worked in totally weird, through totally ridiculous people, people that are unlikely and unremarkable and weird and a little bit unruly and rough and tumble. He worked through those people to share his, to give me the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to give, so that I would know the love of God so that I would have a place in heaven, so that my kids who are now baptized and, and growing in their faith, that they would have a place in heaven. Like it, like it started way before me because God worked through my super imperfect grandma with the profanity on the apron. Like it's crazy. So God works sometimes in ways that are, are what we expect. Maybe he works through your parents who have been faithful and you've always gone to church. Maybe he's working that way in your life. Maybe God has been working in ways that you can't quite see yet. Um, but he is, and his promises are there for you. So when we read verses like that from 2 Timothy, that there's a sincere faith that was passed on, that's not just for someone else, that is for you. And maybe your story doesn't turn the way mine did, but it doesn't mean that God is not faithful to you, because he is. God will always be faithful to you, even when you're not, even when you're imperfect, even when you don't fit in, and this whole weird Lutheran gathering feels like it doesn't fit. Maybe you're like, you guys are all weirdos. Like, I know some of you. I remember I went to a youth gathering, and I didn't even, I'd never heard of Christian music before. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I came to a youth gathering, and I was, like, blown away. Like, I was like, those are songs like these other bands I listen to, but they're about Jesus. Like, I had never, that was, like, brand new news to me. I had no idea that was a thing. Um, so maybe you're coming here like that, where you're like, you guys are all weirdos, and I totally don't get this. Um, all of this is for you. It's for you, and you have a place here, and you have a story to tell. And I pray that God will show you your story. I can't show it to you. I don't know. I would love to like tell all your. I would, like, I'll stay here, and you can tell me all your sto stories. Um, 
But I pray that God will give you eyes to see as you think about the story that you have about the ways that God is working, that he would give you eyes that can see the ways that he is loving you and caring for you and keeping you. Let's pray. God, you write great stories, and you're writing a story for each of us, and they begin with your promises, your promises to love us, to always be with us. God, that you promise that you have a place for us in heaven, and we just pray that that we could see the ways that you are working. Bring to mind moments and, and stories and people that can help connect the pieces for us so that we would know uh, our identity in you, that, that we are your people and that your promises are for us. Uh, be with us as we go, as we continue to learn and grow, and that you keep writing our story. In your name we pray. Amen.